Back to the beat. Bulls beat continues with Derek Sharp. Definitely going to be different not having any play-by-play this weekend with baseball on the road out of state and softball not in action. Boy, were they in action on Wednesday. Get ready to hear some crazy highlights. But we, of course, will have the football broadcast tonight and we'll be dropping by the tennis courts on Saturday afternoon. Yesterday, over in Orlando, the women lost to UCF. The Knights are the highest-ranked team in the conference despite their record now being right at 500. Their schedule has just been ungodly this year. The Bulls, if you were listening to my conversation with head coach Christina Moros, came into this match winners of 9 of 10. They dropped to 13 and 7. So UCF 9 and 9, Bulls 13 and 7. But again, schedule has everything to do with your computer ranking. And the main point of this match, even if the Bulls had won, frankly, I don't think they would have gotten into the NCAA tournament as an at-large. Just the fact that they were in the running for that possibility was quite something because they have not gotten to the NCAA tournament as an at-large since 2011. They won the American Athletic Conference tournament, and that was their last NCAA trip in 2017. And that's the route they're going to have to go this year. The main point of Thursday was... Could they challenge the Knights? Because guess what? They're almost certainly going to have to beat them in the conference tournament. And the answer was absolutely they challenged them. Yeah, they lost, but Grace Schumacher, their second best player, did not play. And they still gave UCF a big time challenge. Four to one, the official final score. But the Bulls were more than in this thing. Without the top doubles tandem of Sierra Berry and Grace Schumacher, again, Schumacher was out. They pushed the emerging Spaniard doubles team up to the number one spot, and Marta Falsetto-Font and Nadia Christians took UCF to a tiebreaker, but even before that had a set point. If you're not familiar, college tennis begins with doubles. could begin with singles, but you'd run the risk of the doubles not even mattering and therefore not getting played, so you have to go doubles first. And you have three teams, three courts, and whoever wins two of the three courts takes the doubles point and one nothing lead. Well, the Bulls were on set point on two of the three doubles courts. They couldn't convert, though. That alone is a big deal, especially without one of their top players. But Font and Christians lost 7-6. Ireland Semi and Kleena Walsh, both freshmen, again, had a set point. They were down 6-5 when that number one set was done. The number two doubles team of Sierra Berry and Laura Pelissé lost 6-2. So UCF had the lead, and the Bulls were going to have to win four singles matches out of six against the best team in the conference. And they actually had a chance. Now, not at number one singles, where UCF's player, Marie Mattel, is 32nd in the country, and she beat Sierra Berry pretty easily, 6-2, 6-2. But Laura Pelissé, the senior, moved up to the number two court, won her match, 6-3, 6-3, and the new number three player with Schumacher out, Marta Font, was in a second set tiebreaker. And this is where UCF could have ended the match, and it did, winning it 7-2. The other two matches that were still going on, the Bulls had actually won the first set in each before losing the second set. So who knows if they would have been able to bounce back. They would have had to bounce back, namely Walsh and Simi, two freshmen in both matches. But to win one singles match win the first set and the other two, being a tiebreaker in the second set, you're competitive in four of the six singles matches. And as we told you, the Bulls held set points in two doubles. So they were right there without one of their top players against UCF. File that away, and hopefully Grace Schumacher will be ready to go for the conference tournament, which begins next week. She could actually play, from what I understand, tomorrow. We'll find out. Remember, the Bulls finish up the regular season against Memphis. 
That'll be at noon. Come on out if you get a chance. The latest computer rankings show that the Bulls are nestled into that number three seed. Tulsa can't catch them. And interestingly enough, the top two teams actually play each other this weekend, UCF and SMU. Those are the two teams the Bulls will probably have to knock off next week at the conference tournament at that same USTA varsity course. The men's team is actually getting a first look at those courts. Well, first look this season at those courts. Today, going up against Tulsa, like the women, Ashley Fisher's men's team put on a big-time streak in the middle of the season, winning six matches, in their case, eight out of nine, to get towards the bubble. But they were going to have to knock off Tulane and UCF and probably Tulsa today. And they lost those previous two matches, including that heartbreaker last Friday at home against UCF. So again, this is more of a tune-up and getting used to the courts that will be playing the conference tournament on next week. Whereas we told you the women are going to be the three seed, all but certainly. It is definitely less certain for the men. They will be no worse than the six seed, but right now that's where they sit. However, there are two teams barely ahead of them in the computer rankings, including the one they play today. So the interesting part will be where they end up. They could be anywhere from six to perhaps four, but also where that puts them in the conference tournament next week, because right now UCF, who they just lost to, would be the three seed. So if they end up in the six role, guess what? They'll play UCF in the very first match. Only eight teams play men's tennis in the American, and they go right to the quarterfinals with that, obviously. But we'll kind of leave that for Monday's show again. This weekend ends the regular season, and the conference tournament bracket basically will be unveiled after that. The women's tourney starts Wednesday, the men, a couple days later. And the reason, by the way, in case you haven't heard me talk about this in the past, we keep harping on the computer rankings, is that's what goes when it comes to tennis. Temple has the best record in the conference, 15-4 and four on the women's side. They're going to be the sixth seed and probably the team that the Bulls will start off conference play against next weekend. Well, speaking of computer rankings, the American Athletic Conference, not so high up in them as far as baseball goes. Only East Carolina is going to get into the NCAA tournament without having to win the conference tournament. So it's all about seeding, and if you can get in the top three, a.k.a. two or three, doesn't matter, on the other half of the bracket from East Carolina, that's where you want to go. And the two teams that are in the best spot right now play each other in Houston this weekend, both the Cougars and the Bulls are 4-2 and two in conference. Houston, which at one point sat at 5-11 and 11 before they went to Minnesota and got a sweep, has gotten itself to above 500 at 18-15. and 15. But more importantly to what we're talking about, 4-2 and two in the conference with series victories against none other than East Carolina and Wichita. They finished that off last weekend, by the way taking a 4-3 game in the seventh inning and scoring 13 runs, all after two outs to run rule the Shockers. In fact, they scored a game where all 17 of their runs came with two outs. Their pitching is solid, but their hitting is really what's gotten them going. Recently, their junior catcher, Anthony Tulamero, who's batting 310 with six homers and a team-high 28 RBI, had a 10-hit, 8-RBI week. Malachi Lott leads them with a 374 batting average. He is an 8-for-8 on stolen bases, sword. Zach Arnold, a 300 hitter with seven home runs. They don't have that one feared slugger like they've had in years past, but just very solid offensively. And again, they've got it going at the right time. As far as the pitching goes, it's going to stay the same for the Bulls with Boogie Brown, Hunter Mink, and Jack Siebert. If they pitch anything like they did last weekend against Tulane, the Bulls will have a chance. And of course, we'll tell you how it all shakes out 
on Monday's show. We'll be following along online on ESPN+. Plus. By the way, the broadcaster for Houston, Jeremy Branham, is simply one of the best. He's outstanding. Sometimes you watch a road ESPN Plus broadcast, and you're thinking, come on, guys, at least know something about the team. At least don't be an incredible homer. Those guys do a great job. So if you want to follow along visually, games 1 and 2, Friday and Saturday at 7.30 Eastern, and then Sunday at 2 o'clock. No softball this weekend. At the end of the hour, we'll give you what's happening elsewhere around the American to set it all up for you. But out of conference and out of this world was what happened on Wednesday night. A doubleheader sweep against a very good Stetson team. It looked like the Bulls were going to get shut out in the opener. Lauren Hobbs, who has wins at Georgia, at South Carolina, over UCF. And in her last two games, after Jacksonville State had gone up against a different pitcher and scored a bunch of runs, well, here comes Lauren Hobbs to hold them to one run total in two games. Yeah, Jacksonville State was 10-0 in the A-Sun until Hobbs beat them. And she was really cruising along against the Bulls. Gabriella Nori was great, but gave up an unearned run in the very first inning, and it just felt like a one nothing game. Until an error helped the Bulls get it started in the sixth inning. Kathy Garcia put the ball in play, got booted by the shortstop, and then a pretty big moment here. With the wind now gusting, Bulls down one to nothing. Now you've got a couple of RBI folks coming up. With Vivian Pond and Marissa Tribalpiece. Pond just has nine RBI, which is sixth on the team. Remember, she doesn't hit all the time, and she has been picking up the swings of late. Lines that one. I told you about the win. That's got a chance. It's out of here. Home run. Vivian Pond, first pitch she sees, gives the Bulls the lead. Viv with her third home run of the year, and the Bulls go on top. What a moment, and what a moment at the end of the game. We knew that the dangerous part of the order for Stetson was coming up, and sure enough, they had had some big-time rallies in the bottom of the seventh, including three to beat UCF. So that was great against the Knights, but it was unfolding against the Bulls until Megan Piero made a huge catch. Bet Morgan has seven home runs in two seasons. Three this year, one and one. Lines it. That's going to be caught by Megan Piero stumbling backwards to end the game. Piero had a lot more poise than I would have had in that situation. And the fun was just starting. The second game, actually, the Wolves were down one nothing after two innings, which could have been mildly concerning because the pitcher for Stetson, a freshman, Hannah Marion's last three victories were all one nothing complete game efforts. So we were worried about that being the score, but also knew that in her last two starts she had given up a total of seven runs, and the Bulls would not scratch for runs late in the game, but they did early. This was only 2-1 to one going into the fifth, and the two came home on Megan Piero's walk, pass ball, a Halle Bryant bunt that was airmailed into right field, and guess who? Vivian Pond's go-ahead RBI hit. And when Pond came up the next time, she had already had two hits and a homer in the first game, two hits the go-ahead run in this game, so you got to intentionally walk her. Now Marissa Tribal piece, and yeah... If you're following the Bulls this year, you know that this might be a costly strategy because Tribal Peace has had a big, big year, and sure enough, crushes that ball. So much for the intentional walk strategy. A three-run homer. Marissa Tribal Peace makes the Hatters pay. It's 5-1. to one. Hopefully you saw the video of that. I tweeted it out at Derek Sharp, D-A-R-E-K-S-H-A-R-P. Not really for the hit, although that was fine, but for Ken Erickson's reaction and Vivian Pond's rounding the bases. As Erickson, you could tell, it meant a lot to him. Marissa Travelpiece had struck out in the first game three times, 
was over two in this game, and Palm was intentionally walked to get to her, so it made a lot. He was fired up. Now, the other video I tweeted out from that game on Wednesday was partially selfish because, as you'll hear, I thought Vivian Pond's next big swing was caught, but so did everybody else on the field except for Ken Erickson. That can be proved by the video. Here's how it sounded. Oh, she unloads again. Straight away center, and oh, what a catch out there in center field. The play of the day by McLaren. Wait, did she lose it? She did. My goodness, I thought she had it. It was in her glove and everyone's jumping up and down on the infield for Stetson. A heck of an effort, but it is 10 to one. Oh, I probably should have mentioned that by now, Vivian Pond had come on in relief of Jaden Martinez in the third inning to get the final out with two on in Yvette Morgan, their best righty, and she would finish the game in the circle with the win in her longest outing of the year on a day where she was also hitting two home runs and driving in six. And the home run fun wasn't done. Pond's day got shorter in the circle because of the eight runs in the sixth. And Marissa Trifle Piece makes a bid. Could it be another for her? It's off the glove of McLaren again. And it is a two homer day and it's 11 to one. What a wild couple of at bats. You feel for the center fielder. Oh man, Lydia Castro ties into one. Are you serious? You are a three home run inning. And Lydia Castro adds to the onslaught here in Deland. It is 13 to one. Pretty good way to go into your off weekend. Bulls play at Florida next Wednesday. Vivian, okay, where do I start? Because I don't really know how to start. Let's start at the beginning because, you know, that was a good pitcher you guys faced. What did you see in her? Did you notice the wind was kicking up like I did? Did you start to think you might have a chance to do something there? Yeah, um, we've been just trying to small movements to the ball, especially she got a pretty good change of good movement um, coming in on a righty. So small movements, just hands right to the ball. So... So I was thinking the whole time. Yeah. Well, let's just fast forward to that last game where it all kind of came together pretty well. Um, first of all, I want to credit you for uh, setting the stage for the tribal piece home run. I kind of called it on the air. Well, awesome. You seem more excited about that than your actual home run. I was because when someone when someone is intentionally walked in front of you, you know, oh, they're, they know they got me. They got my number. So for her to get out there first pitch home run, I mean, that was it was awesome. Shows them. Don't mess with her. <laughs> and then last thing, I mean, tidy three and a third innings there. What have you been concentrating on? Because it looks like you got a little bit more spin on your ball, like you've been working even harder. Yeah, um, just spacing uh, in certain counts and different. getting ahead early. Getting ahead early and uh, spacing when I'm ahead in the count. And good change up. So. It's a decent day. How do you feel now that you get the weekend off too, right? they got to give you a day off. Yeah, uh, good. Um, we're looking forward to get after it in Gainesville on Wednesday. So take this momentum and up to Gainesville. Hey, no pressure. But yeah. if you do anything like you did today, I think that'll be a good one as well. Thanks yeah. a lot. Thank you. Meanwhile, track and field all over the map. In two events in California, one in Gainesville. Full details up on an article on GoUSFBulls.com. The women's long jump team ranked number one in the country. So we've got football spring action tonight live. We'll replay it plenty throughout the weekend. And on Monday, we'll have highlights along with what baseball and tennis and track and field do and everything else that's going on. That's why we bring you Bulls Beat. I'm Derek Sharp.